With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brands Park American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. A roast as dark as the night. Perfect for fueling the cryptid research and mad ravings required for your podcasting. Don't mind the red eyes. He's just trying to warn you of the bridge. The bridge. Finally, from the caffeine-addled brains of spring Jack Coffee and last podcast on the left, we bring you Mothman's Red Eye Blend. Yes, delicious Panama beans. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to order yours today. <laughs> Hey there, buddy. Don't forget, there's plenty of Last Podcast Network merch available over on lastpodcastmerch.com. We got shirts for all of your favorite shows like Wizard of the Bruiser and Page 7 and No Dogs in Space. And of course, plenty of stuff for Last Podcast on the left. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com. Thank you. are a messy ball of contradictions. We create opera, paint pictures, show kindness and generosity, but there's a dark side to humanity. For all the good we do, there's also a lot of evil. Genocide and torture are as much a part of the human experience as building and growth. But it's important to look at history, learn from it, so we don't make the same mistakes again. In today's episode, we're discussing genocide in Cambodia and Indonesia. So join us for the brighter side. Hey, that was very well said. I sound like I'm smart. I know. It does not sound like I drove my car into a lake one time. (laughs) I did that. I've done that. I don't know if I've heard that story. Please, quick version. I just draw. I was like, oh, it's going to be fine. Because it's like. And it wasn't fine. It wasn't. So you drove into a lake. How'd you get out? I'm a car pushed me out like a big truck. Well, the thing is, Louisiana has a lot of flash floods. Well, I'm saying, were you trapped in your car? Inside yeah, I was trapped the in the car. Yeah. And how? And the water went all the way up. The water went up to like the the windows. Okay, so you were never like head underwater. No, I wasn't head underwater. No, no, no. Shallow lake. I'd be a totally different woman if I was like that. I would wow. like be afraid and with a knife in my hand. My lord. I mean, well, technically, you know. You, you have a knife. <laughs> I bought it for you. The um, yeah, today um, we're talking about genocide, uh, specifically. Um, we we were 
pushing around ideas on uh, on what episodes we should do. And then Amber was like, I'm into Pol Pot right now. I, think. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what can we do with that? I'm like, I guess there's this one genocide that I'm kind of into. And so the Indonesian genocide uh, from 1965 and 1966. And, uh, and so I was like, ah, you know, uh, let's... There is no brighter side. There is none. I mean, yeah, it's good to discuss the brighter side is we're discussing it. We're remembering the people who died and why it happened so we can see the warning signs if it happens again. Yes, but um, I don't know about what Amber is going to talk about, but I know that my shit is horribly brutal. Woo, yes. And I, I couldn't find one positive thing about it. Everything that I read about the genocide that I that I'm aware of. Mm hmm. It was awful. It's not even like, you know, like for the, like the the most famous genocide is the concentration camps from Hitler. Yes. And so it's like Hitler lost, you know, like my genocide, my dudes won and are still in power and have a great life. Yeah. My genocide, my dudes, um, they didn't so much win, but he died peacefully in his sleep, like no trial, nothing. Yeah. And so it's very interesting. And I'm sure... If you go on and you investigate more of these and dive deep into each act of genocide, I imagine that they don't always end with the dude starting it, shooting themselves. No, life is unfair and it's very cruel. Sometimes the bad guy wins. A lot of the times the bad guy wins. Yeah, and it's weird that these aren't really taught in schools. Like, I kind of had to do my own digging here. So my shit uh, is kind of based off of this, uh, the two documentaries. Mm -hmm. One of them is called The Act of Killing and the other one is called The Look of Silence. And they're both directed by Joshua Oppenheimer and produced by Werner Herzog. Uh, and before I get too deep into it, you know, um, I just like kind of warm you up a little bit. Well, Werner Herzog could make like a puppy seem like malevolent. Yeah. <laughs> the puppy's eyes are dark with hate. <laughs> you know? It's a puppy, Werner. It's a puppy, Werner Herzog. But yeah, no. Um, yes, yeah, the Indonesian communist purge. And it was... Uh, it was crazy. It only lasted a matter of months, and uh, it, it was. Uh, we'll get into it in a little bit. Uh, but uh, spoiler alert for those documentaries. Uh, I'm not. I'm giving away some of it, not too much of it. So uh, please check out those films. They are both utterly brilliant. One is told from the side of the people who committed the murders. And the other movie is told from the side of the victims. Uh, so they're uh, each independently um, very, uh, I don't know what the right word is. Something. Just eye-opening. I yeah. think eye-opening is the only like positive review you can give. And that's the thing about history. like You can't <laughs> look at just the winner. You got to look at the side of the losers and like why they wanted to do these things. Why did they want to commit the genocides? You know, Nothing just happens in a vacuum. It's usually one dude just talks a bunch of other people and to killing a bunch of other people. Yep. And that's what's going on. Um, but uh, before we get started, uh, I just, I, I want to vent a little bit. Vent away. I got bit by a dog on my way to the studio. Fuck that dog. Zuko. I know its name and it still fucking bit me. Son of a bitch dog. I haven't tried to be so nice to this goddamn dog. It, it always attacking the windows. It's going crazy all the time. I'm always trying to be nice to it. I give it treats and shit. I've been warming up to this dog for over a year. That's the thing about dogs. People forget because they like, you know, feed their mouth like the, the water bottle. They'll like drink from the same water bottle as a dog. They'll be like, my baby. And I'm like, this is an animal that will kill you. Yeah, no. So uh, no more love for Zuko. I no. gave him a bully stick. 
That's like a seven dollar treat, Amber. Yeah, I gave him an expensive ass treat because Rambo attacked the Rambo knew. Rambo knew. Dogs know. Rambo knew that this fucking dog Zuko is a piece of shit. Wow. We oh man, I'm. Mad at you, 209. <laughs> well, does the neighbor like let the dog out? Because I notice a lot of no. your neighbors just keep the dogs in the apartment all day, which is an animal rights boo-boo. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, luckily for Rambo, me and Julie both work from home or if like I, I, I'm allowed to bring Rambo to work because I work with my cousin. And he's know. a big old sleepy dog. And he's a big old sleepy dog, you know, so it's fine. But like this fucking dog sitting in that apartment all goddamn day long. She's a waitress. And she comes home, she's walked him, he's all pent up. I try to be nice and pet him, give him a little love. Fucker bites my leg and it bites my arm and rips my sweater drew blood. Whoa. That dog sounds like it might get put down someday. Like if it keeps doing that shit. But she's lucky it bit me. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. I just walk away, I deal with it, I got some peroxide and a big bandage and I'm all set up. You know, but like anyone else... I mean, it, 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 it's not that bad. I mean, that could be like a lawsuit. I don't want to be like a- I'm not going to. I don't want to be that person. It could be. Yeah. But I I, refu- I won't do that. If you go to the hospital, that's lawsuit time. I guess. If I need someone to pay for my medical bills, sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as a dog owner uh, who- uh, my Rambo hates skateboarders, you know? So I know I'm in for it one day, possibly. So, you know, I'm not trying to let karma fucking bite me back as right. well. Uh, so, uh, Zuko, you're on my bad list. No more bully sticks for you, you son of a bitch. You fucking beige <laughs> Fuck cocksucker. You, oh, my God. Damn. If I could, I, I would fight it. But, you know, it's best to just be an adult about the situation and just walk away with my tail between my legs. He feels like he won. Yeah, he does. He feels like he beat me up. Fuck that. And I guess he kind of technically did because I didn't fucking come back at his Now he's going to go after you harder and stronger, Ed. You got to watch out. The thing with dogs is you can't really punch them because they bite your knuckles. Really? Yeah, you go to punch a dog, you bite your knuckles. I flip off my neighbor's dog. It's this little bitty white dog that just, they also never let it out. So it hates people. And of course, like, it's my neighbor behind the house who just comes and shits everywhere and barks and screams. I flip it off. It feels good. Well, Zuko, the peace treaty's over. The genocide of dogs begins. (laughs) Yes. Oh, so I wrote some jokes about genocide. Did you? Because it's hard. It's hard. I kind of didn't because I was like, no, I don't it's know. Very, it's, it, I do what I could. Um, I hope none of these are too offensive. Say it. But I, I wrote them. We're already talking about killing dogs. Right. I mean, might as well. Might as well. All right. Uh, so, you know, as a, but like as a half Jew, you know, like I was having trouble uh, trying to find funny jokes about genocide. You know, it really took a lot of concentration. <laughs> And it felt like my brain was in an oven. So, you know, I went out and I took a shower, released some gas. And no matter how hard I tried, I I could not see anything humorous in it. No, you even had to camp out in your own bed. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> not see anything humorous in it. Um, obviously, genocide is the worst thing that could happen on Earth. Well, that and another Transformers movie, am I right? Wow, wow. <laughs> Oh my god. Transformers does suck. It's too much CGI. I don't understand what's happening. They're fucking awful. I want to see a conversation with two people. Yes. Can we do that? Yeah, we do. Can we where where did all the cowboys gone? Um pesticide makes for my favorite type of genocide. I took the sides, you know, and I oh. threw them in together. It's not really a joke, it's just kind of like a half sentence. You know, I applaud your your the trying. All right, I got one more. I got one more. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I know is if your last name is Oside, don't name your daughter Jen. 
Oh, that's good. Thank you. Osai, Jin Osai. Yes, yes, yes. That's so yeah, I did my best. You did. You know, Pol Pot killed people with glasses, wearing glasses. So nobody in Brooklyn would have made it. No one in Brooklyn. No nerds. He was a big, he was a big, big jock. He was that a pol, big jock, actually. Pot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of pot, I can't wait till this episode's over so I can smoke some. Amber. Oh, yeah. Give me a little bit of a Pol Pot. All right, here we go, Pol Pot. <laughs> Cambodian genocide, one of the worst genocides in history from 1975 to 1979. Oh, which is interesting. Not that long ago. So it was after the Vietnam War. After the Vietnam War. Very interesting. Right after the Vietnam War. Wow. Um, and it kind of like some of the Vietnam War kind of led to that. I'll, I also, I want to go on the record. Yeah. I don't know shit about shit about Pol Pot, except yeah. he's a piece of goddamn garbage. He's a piece of shit. And I also want to go on record of like, I've done my research. I might mispronounce a couple things. I'm really trying. Like, let me know yes. if I'm messing up. We are not history books, but we do our best. We try, you yes. know? And the thing about history is there's all different like conflicting sides and in information. It's hard to get the info out here. Yeah, the, the shit I learned about all the fucking journalists were either on the side of the government committing the genocide yeah. or they were killed. So they're going to be like, the genocide wasn't that bad, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. why. So about 2 million people died about, like, again, you can't really calculate this, mm -hmm. but from my calculations, that's about 1,370 people per day. And Cambodia Damn. is relatively small. It's about the size of Washington State. Okay. So imagine Washington Washington State, 1,370 people dying per day. What is this, COVID? I know. <laughs> <laughs> there was a school transferred into a prison that had a 99.99% death rate. Only a handful of people survived, one of which was a man who could fix the typewriters. What is this, Mississippi? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I should probably be a little more respectful. No, no. It's a weird <laughs> We're just, I guess, dealing with that. I don't know. It's 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 hard information, you know. Yeah. So the the typewriters, like the guards, would write on it, like people's confessions, and this uh -huh. guy would fix the machines, and then he lived because they had to keep him around. Um, <laughs> God, I would teach nobody. That is jobs. That is job security. Job security at its worst. But I would like if someone's like, teach me how to do the typewriter, and I would just teach them wrong. No, it's just I, wrong. I would. I, I'm the guy who fixes the typewriters. I live. Yes, find a skill. That's one thing I've learned from genocide. That's what the Jews did. That they had the the accountants would always like work from inside the concentration camps and stuff like that. Really? And, oh yeah, very intense. Find a skill. Well, like I want to know how this happened. How did it come to be? So, like, let's look at history. Let's like go in the way back machine because again, nothing really happens in a vacuum. So Cambodia is in Southeast Asia, bordered by Vietnam, Laos, and Thailand. It's a really beautiful place with a history, rich history outside of its um, it's of the genocide. There's this place called Angkor Wat. I want you to look at it, Eddie. Okay. Ooh. Isn't that beautiful? That is gorgeous. It is a temple built around the um, 12th century. Um, the building aligns with nature, and there's these like perfectly straight moats, and these were built for irrigation, and they could feed the entire city, and they're heavily based on the environment. In fact, Cambodia had the, um, they won uh, the World Rice Conference for the best rice in the world three years in a row. Could have guessed that. Oh, yeah. Um, it's very, like, nature-heavy. There's a lot of elephant sanctuaries. And um, nice. nature's very protected. You can't just go take a stroll in the countryside. This is modern day. In modern day, you cannot, okay. because Cambodia has the third most landmines in the world. Whoa! Lots Princess of, Diana, where are you? Where are you, Princess Di? There's a lot of people getting hurt. It has the highest 
per capita amputees in the world. Oh my God. I know, but I, I guess the brighter side From is, all the landmines. From all the landmines. But you know, the, you can't build a where, like an Amazon warehouse there. Yeah, no, you can't no build one, a- Yeah, no one can come in and like ruin nature and now. I will say, every, here's the brighter side of landmines. Mm-hmm. Every time that one is set off, uh, that's one less landmine. Right. I guess it can only go off once. It can only go off once. I guess so. Is there like a timer to landmines? Like, no, are they going to expire? they go forever. Really? Yeah, no, they're still finding them from World War II and shit. Fuck. So it could be like a thousand years in the future and yeah. people just blowing up. They used to send like the Nazi soldiers out to like these fe- landmine fields so they would have them dig them up and they would get killed and shit. It was fucking crazy. There's a uh, decent movie that came out uh, two years ago about it called Land of Mine. Check it out. Wow. Uh, Cambodia used to have a lot of beef with Thailand and Vietnam. They're neighbors a lot of fighting for like hundreds of years and like mm. i live in thai town and no way would i go and be like Thailand is the same as cambodia right like people get really really mad. oh of course they get really really mad but of all americans we just kind of like lump asia all together but there's like whole different wars and cultures and things going on for many years i thought cambodia was a part of vietnam just because of how much they casually talked about cambodia in vietnam movies yeah and then it wasn't until i became a little more learned that I, I found out that Cambodia is, in fact, its own country. Its own whole thing. So um, in the 1800s, French uh, colonized Cambodia along with Thailand and Vietnam and became Indochina. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of going on here, kind of good and bad. Like the French, they abolished slavery. They brought a lot of modern cool. technologies, but they had to pick the king. Yeah. And then they kind of exploited their own net mineral resources. It's kind of, you know. I mean, the whole reason we got into Vietnam is because the French couldn't clean up their fucking mess. They can't clean up their mess. We had to come in and finish the job for them, and then we couldn't finish the job for us. (laughs) Just leave people alone, I guess. God. Um, But the French also found Angkor Wat, like, hidden in the jungles. Like, its own people Mm -hmm. forgot it existed because they're they're busy. They're working. They got wars going on. Well, that's also like uh, the the Bami sandwich. Here's a brighter side. Bami sandwich is a French roll with delicious uh, Cambodian, Thailand, or Vietnam. They all have different versions of the Bami sandwich, really? but it's a French roll, uh, a baguette, and they would have the Bami sandwich would not uh, exist if the French weren't pieces of shit. Back Can't then. Forget baguette about it. <laughs> That's crazy. So Cambodia fought and won its own independence um, in the Second World War uh, through kind of like a sovereign treaty with France, and mm. so now we get this King Norom Sinuk. In the 60s. And at 15 years old, he became the king. He made movies. He drove a sports car. He had a jazz band. They always make movies. They love, they love popular movies. Kim Jong-il made movies. My dude made movies. It's crazy. They want to be, they want to be the pop star. Yeah. Um, cotton, rice, and rubber were very rich exports. Buddhist monks were taken care of. It was, a, it's a, like 90, right now, it's about 95% a Buddhist country. Um, I looked at a few videos of this time, and the people looked very happy. Uh, no French or white people were around, but the more the more like research I do, I found that this guy, this king, would they'd go in with guns to people's head and be like, "Vote for me." Yeah, you know, vote for me or you die. And they're like, oh, "Okay, I vote." And they're like, "Quote unquote, a democratically elected king." Yes. You know what I mean? That is a par for the course. (laughs) Uh, They lived under Buddhist socialism, um, which are the rich are supposed to take care of the poor and the poor work for the rich. Um, Salazar. Okay, sorry. So that was this guy. And then now we have this guy called Salazar. That was his birth name. No one knows exactly when he was born. Pol Pot became a pseudonym. Okay. So I'll just keep calling him Pol Pot. So what's his his real name again one more time? Salazar. Okay. Um, I might, I I hope I'm pronouncing it as well as I I, can. You know... Uh, if he's offended, good. 
<laughs> He's upset in hell. Uh, Pol Pot was born into a wealthy family and studied in France. So the French opened up its schools to like wealthy Cambodians in hopes that they would go there and say like, wow, I love France. What a great place. But Pol Pot was the opposite. Like he hated France. Mm -hmm. He hated anything Western. Um, he was apparently not good at school, but was really good at physical education, like basketball and football. He was a fucking jock. Genghis Khan. Yeah. He hated nerds. Mm -hmm. um, he also really liked Karl Marx, um, but there's a big dispute with uh, Marxism, whether well Pol Pot was a true communist or whether he was just like a benevolent dictator, um, he later admitted that he didn't really understand Marx. He just wanted to a complete. He just wanted a complete independence away from any Western culture. Yes. Um, in 1952, he returned to Cambodia from France. There was a lot of turmoil and a civil war. North Vietnam would constantly invade. Uh, Pol Pot would get into politics. He tried to infiltrate the party. And in 1959, the Khmer Rouge was established. Now, the Khmer Rouge is like the Workers' Party. Okay. Um, Pol Pot quickly rose up in the ranks and became their leader. But the Workers' Party was a direct hit against the king. So he was forced to just flee in the jungle. And he spent the next half a decade living in encampments in the jungle. And this would become Pol Pot's character. This is what formed him as like a benevolent ruler. He became paranoid and violent. He had insomnia and internal, like intestinal ailments. I'm just, I'm sure that made his personality like way more erratic. His wife developed schizophrenia. It just sounds like chaos. Yeah. Chaos. Mm. So he gained more followers slowly and more people fled into the jungle to join him. He wanted a revolution of farmers and rural people. He attacked an army base, which led to a bloody civil war for eight years. Damn. Eight years. And the government was the government was bombing their own people in the jungles because they wanted to get rid of this like communist rebellion. Um, just dropping bombs and like destroying farms. And they thought that they were like getting rid of the communists, but they actually made more. And um, here's a fun little fact about America. Ugh, God, I just hate that we get involved in all this shit. Um, I think in 69, Nixon ordered bombing raids in Cambodia to interrupt the supply chains into South Vietnam. Yeah. And America bombed Cambodia a lot. Like 150,000 people died. Oh, yeah. No, we fucking destroyed that place. Oh, my God. He uh, he hit a bunch of Pol Pot The war should have never gone there. Never. It was, it was North and South Vietnam. We should have never gone to Cambodia. It was a fucking huge mistake. And then it ended up being the downfall of the whole goddamn thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What are we doing? With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. The king was ousted in a coup. And then he fled, and then years of more fighting. I mean, it's just fighting and fighting and fighting. And then, like, people were just, like, so upset, and they were like, let's just get this Pol Pot guy into power. We don't quite know what he's going to do, but mm -hmm. we just want this to end. We want the Civil War to end, right? Like, yeah. whatever it takes. And so then Pol Pot gets into power, 
And no one really knew what he was going to do. No one really knew, like, what, what you're talking about, dude. Yeah. And then that afternoon, like, I'm talking hours after he stormed and took the Capitol, there was a savage assault on its own people. He hated urban workers. He took all of the people in the cities and then moved them out into the country. He wanted an agrarian, agrarian? Revolution. Mm -hmm. He wanted like farmers. But the thing about farming is it's like an art and a science. Yeah. It requires luck. Like not everyone is cut out to be a farmer. Yeah. And not every farmer is cut out to be a fucking uh, warrior. No. Yeah. People are different and it takes different kind of personalities to like make the world go around. Um, people were promoted based on merit. Sorry, not on merit, but on loyalty. There was a 12-year-old girl running an entire section of the country. Whoa! Yeah, they didn't know what they were doing. So, of course, like, this method, it doesn't work. And instead of admitting it doesn't work, like, Pol Pot just, like, double down. And remember, this is, like, a really paranoid guy that was, like, hanging out in the jungle for a long time. Mm -hmm. So he just injected his own fears on his people. He made people leave the city. People were beaten and fed poorly. Deaths through starvation. Workers who refused to work hard enough were executed. People Damn. from the upper middle class were executed. Whoa. It's an atheist regime. So Buddhism, if you were caught being a Buddhist, you were killed. Uh, children of people were executed. So like, say if I was like a Buddhist and you caught me, not yeah. only would you kill me, but you would kill my kids. Because remember, this guy, he... He led a whole revolution and took this thing over, so he knows what it's like. He knows that kids grow up and they will kill him in they, the future. Yes. Oh, yeah. They want revenge. So he was an atheist. He was an atheist. It was a very atheist regime. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, he didn't care. He killed babies. People were forced to dig their own graves, sometimes killed with bamboo to save the mm -hmm. bullets. If you were in glasses, you're gone. If you knew of a friend or a friend who might be against the government, gone. Tortured until confection. Teachers were executed. Schools were turned into prisons and work camps. Uh, torture techniques were included electrocution, and you couldn't cry out or scream. Jesus I, Christ. It's, it's, fucking, it's just like, it's so like oppressive and benevolent and just paranoid. And if you were caught wearing jewelry, you were executed. Private property was abolished. Child soldiers, there were child soldiers. I mean, of course, there's a 12-year-old running the goddamn village. I know, people were starving. You also couldn't forage, even though people were starving, because foraging means that you are thinking independently, and you can't yeah. think independently. Or, you know, you're also stealing, because yeah. everything in the country belongs to Paul Pot. Absolutely. So, like, if you kill a deer... That's his deer, and you just stole a deer from him. So you have to go. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's And there was this S21 prison. So this prison- What's you, Sorry? What's that mean? So S, that's just the name of the prison, S21. Oh, okay. um, it used to be a school, mm -hmm. and then Pol Pot was immediately like, we're going into a prison. And this is where they brought um, people who thought might be against the regime. And this is where like 99.999, the guy with the typewriter, he lived. Yeah. Um, this is where- just people died and they would just like, torture, torture you to get a confession. And honestly, people would just like make up shit. Cause you're like, stop it. Torture does not help. No. Gave a confession. They will say anything. I mean, if you are, and, and you look at how, what, what's going on with our prison system and the way uh, young kids are interrogated by the police, they're talked into uh, pleading guilty. Yeah. Uh, you, I'm looking at uh, a buddy of mine. He's in jail right now. And they're like, if you take a plea deal, uh, we'll give you uh, time served and you'll get out very soon. But the thing is, he didn't fucking do it. But he's already been in jail for a year and a half. And so now they're trying to get a confession out of him. But so if he gives the confession, now he's a fucking criminal. 
What? And so, but if he doesn't, then he's got to like wait until the trial, which might be another year away. Yeah, it's COVID time. No one's going to trial. And so it's just like, it's it's how they do it. They manipulate you to give you, to get the answer that they want so they can close the case instead of finding the person who actually fucking did it. Yeah, torture's never the answer. I think my some people in my family are like, we got to torture because they're torturing us. And I'm like, I don't know who they is, but um, yeah. that just means you're not, you're the same as the enemy. Also, yeah, we're supposed to be better than them. We're supposed to be better. And you're guess what? You're creating new em- enemies. Yes. It's like bombing the jungles in Cambodia trying to get the communists out. Hey, ding dong, you're making more of them. Yeah. Um, so in the prison, they would pull out fingernails, hanging, cutting, waterboarding, electric shock, medical experiments. Fucking get this, Eddie. So, of course, they kill all the doctors, right? Yeah. Um, that always good idea. <laughs> great idea. Let's, <laughs> let's kill the people that might help. Sure. Great. So well, you know what they did? Child surgeons. Child, child surgeons. Child surgeons. Well, I guess they got tiny fingers. They can get into. They the, can get they can in get there. In to tie the vent. The tie the veins together. And yep. Stuff. There was a case where a child surgeon went in there, cut open a live man's chest just to see a beating heart. Jesus. That Christ. sounds like some saw shit. And the fact a child is doing it, my mind can't. Like I, I can't. Well, children it. don't understand death. They don't get it. They don't get it. They're down to like see whatever. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I used to watch Faces of Death and like all that stuff because death didn't mean anything to me. And now that I'm an adult and I've lost friends and family and I know what death is and I understand it and how finite it is and how scared I am of it and how scared I am of losing anybody. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't, I, I, the, the images that I saw when I was a child on Faces of Death. Haunt me to this goddamn day. Absolutely. I mean, as a kid, I would swim so far out in the ocean, people would be worried about me, and I'd be like, ha-ha, whatever. But now as an adult, I'm like, I'm not going in there. There's like riptides and sharks. Yes. What am I doing in there? But yeah, this is like a a, a very like um, narcissistic bully yeah. who very paranoid. That's par- a nice way to say it. Yeah, narcissistic bully, very paranoid and like constant pain. He really just wanted Cambodia by itself, on its own, for the people, workers' party, it wanted everybody the same. Don't mess with us. Yeah, and just inflicted his own views on his own people. But the thing is, it's like people are different. You're going to need doctors. You're going to need lawyers. You're going to need people who work in factories. You're going to need farmers. And you're nobody's need cities. You need you need giant cities so they can build taxes. Yeah. and help pay for the shit in the rural country. Yeah, in the rural part of the country. No one's better than anybody else. We all got to like make it work together, yeah. right? Um, at the end, what happened is uh, Pol Pot invaded Vietnam, and uh, Vietnam won. I North? mean, um, probably. Yeah, and Vietnam won like in a few days. Yeah, just in a few. He just got so overwhelmed. I mean, they just got done kicking our ass. Yeah, and so they were fucking ready. I mean, his people were like starving. It's just nobody wanted to tell him no. So yeah. he said, okay. And then they won, and then Pol Pot fled. He lived in the jungle again for I would say twenty more years. Oh my god. Yeah, and he still had influence. So he made it into the 90s? Yes, he did. Absolutely. Oh, and holy then smokes. And then he died um under house arrest, just like peacefully in his sleep. God damn. No, no trial, no life is unfair, man. Uh today, it's 95% Buddhist. Half the population is 15 and under. Whoa. 15 and under. It's like mostly children. That's wild. Because yeah. they killed so many people. Yeah. Absolutely. That's crazy. Yeah. And um, working in Cambodia is like pretty unregulated. So it's like can be good and bad. So the good thing is like you can start your own business. Easy. Mm-hmm. There's people selling gas. Like they make their own gas pumps. Can you imagine if I like made my own gas pump on the side of the road? I would not work. 
No offense. You wouldn't. Oh, it wouldn't. <laughs> I have to get my work, Eddie. I think I'm I could do it. I'm still going to Chevron. Oh, no. <laughs> I could sell snacks at my stand. Yes. I oh, know. no. I trust your snacks. <laughs> but you don't trust that gas. Yeah. <laughs> They'll sell it in like Coke bottles and shit. You know, yeah. but the bad thing is, it's like there's a lot of human trafficking because it's just kind of pretty unregulating. Yeah, there's no. Yeah. I mean, I imagine it's got to. This is modern day. Mm-hmm. We're back then. This is modern day right now. So yeah. they're like working. They're they're getting their feet back. It's still a beautiful country. They're very nature influenced. I love that. Angkor Wat is gorgeous. Um, they, I love like a lot of the history. It's so beautiful. And the fact that like Amazon can never go and build a warehouse down there. That, that's a good thing. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And not impoverish them. Those are some positives. Yeah. Those are I mean, they're already impoverished. Yeah. You know, let's face that. But um, I mean, the people are like incredibly beautiful. Mm -hmm. I've seen like some of the women I saw was like smoking hot babes. Not to like dehumanize (laughs) not that a country's good if the women are ugly, but you know, it helps when the women are pretty. It does. It does. People love a pretty girl. Yeah, yeah. They can't help it. It's straight like the the way people are treated, I just don't understand how you can like Treat people like that. I mean, I know you want to have your perfect country, but to look a child in the eyes and kill it, I, I could never do that. Some people are just evil. Uh, and then there's other people that I'm going to go ahead and say uh, are easily manipulated, mm-hmm. uh, not strong willed. Uh, they, I mean, we're, we're seeing it in our own country right now. Yeah. Uh, just uh, believing nonsense, you know, it just because they're also out of fear. You know, they see like, oh, that guy killed somebody because they didn't believe this. I'm going to believe what that guy says to the to the the umph degree where as like I'm going to believe it so much that I'm going to join him. Yeah. And start helping with the killing. I mean, a thing to look about this is um, because the people were fighting. They've been fighting a lot with other places, with each other, a lot of civil wars. And when there is a lot of infighting, it's very easy for a benevolent dictator to rise up very quickly because you just want it to end and you don't care how it happens or or what's going to happen after. So I would say like for America, that's where I live and you and I live. Mm -hmm. um, We are fighting. A lot of people are like infighting right now. No, it's scary. And we got to stop this shit and somehow like speak to each other as adults and come halfway because if we don't, a benevolent dictator will rise up yeah. Very quickly. Oh, for sure. They would anyone would love to take over America. Oh my god. Dictators are fucking terrifying. Um, well, thank you for that information. There we go. I feel smarter. Thank you. And I'm not a smart gal. I mean, I did do a lot of digging, a lot of research. It is interesting because I was looking at the older king. And if, like, all the videos you would see, like, he's so great. He's so nice. And I would be like, okay, I guess he's good. He was good king. And yeah. I just saw everything as black and white. And then I looked at other evidence. It was like, no, we actually, like, held people at gunpoint to get elected. And I was yeah. like, oh, shit. Well, History's, like, muddled. Yeah. Oh, of course. History's always written by the people who won. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times when we get in these situations, like, you look, I mean, America's always, like, eliminating someone in power and putting someone else in power. You know, we put Saddam Hussein in power. Yes, we did. You know, like, so it's just, you know, a lot of the times you get rid of something awful and you fill it with something worse. Something worse And then you get rid of that person and then it's another worse thing. And then then eventually you find someone good and then they're killed by all the bad people. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's it's very upsetting. Oh, yeah. Martin Luther King killed by the bad people. JFK killed by the bad people. Absolutely. And it's one thing I I was watching this doc on the 60s, a CNN doc on the 60s. And I was thinking about how like 
crazy it is right now and how scary it is and what's going on. 60s and 70s were fucking it crazy. It was way worse in the 60s. Yes. We are lucky. Like, yeah, it is scary right now. And, you know, I couldn't, you can't help but think that the the country is like three years away from some sort of civil war. Yes. You know, like, God forbid, it's not going to happen, but that's like, you get that fear in your head, you know? And you look at that and you just realize that in the 60s, they were just, anyone who stood up was killed. Yeah. Anyone who stood up was killed. I mean, it's, it's not even just the big ones that we know. It's others too, you know? And so it's just like anyone who tried to fight against the man was just offed. So it's better now because of that. You know, no one shot Bernie Sanders in the head, you know, like <laughs> in the 60s. Yeah, he might have gotten got. He might have gotten got. Wow. And so the the world is progressing in that way. That's at least our country is. And doing the research I I did today on this uh and just what you've said and other things I've learned, you know, there's uh genocides happening right now across the world in Sudan mm. and Myanmar and Eritrea and Ethiopia, just to name a few. Uh I'm very fortunate. I feel very fortunate to be an American and yeah. live in this country. As much as America has its faults and we do complain on the Twitter, at yeah. least you have Twitter. At least we have a computer to complain on. Yeah. No, um, we're very fortunate. Uh, no matter how pissed off I get or whatever I say, I I will acknowledge right now, I love America. Uh, thank God I live here and I was born here and I didn't have to live in a place like Saudi Arabia, you know, and so it's, uh, you count your lucky stars. If you live in a decent country, even like countries that have their fucked up shit going on right now, like Australia, honestly, you don't live in the Sudan. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's bad right now and you're locked up and you're fucking going crazy. Can't leave your house. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it does have your best interest in mind, even if it's wrong. And, uh, and so, you know, think about that. It could be worse. It could definitely be a lot worse. And I'm going to talk about how it could be worse. Tell us about Indonesia, Eddie. Where is it? What's going on? Indonesia is like, I, I didn't do my, my research is a little different than, than your research, Amber. That's you were two different people. Mine's from like a, like a, an emotional level Okay. rather than like, there's facts and like, I, I, I get into like, you know, the leaders and stuff, but it's more about like the brutality of the genocide. Because there's like no known numbers. There's no known numbers. Some people say 400,000. Some people say 500,000. Some people say 1.2 million. Some people say 3 million. What? Some people say like 2 point. There's no way to really know. Those are big numbers. They're, they're, the smallest number is gigantic. Yeah. And also like very, like a million is different than 100,000. Yeah. No, I, I, absolutely. Because it, it is just a... Uh, is terrifying. And uh, so let's get into it. Uh, spoiler alert for Act of Killing, A Look of Silence, uh, but not uh, incredibly. Uh, so please check it out. Uh, those movies are unbelievable. It, it, what uh, made me want to talk about this. Yeah. Um, so the genocide I'm talking about is the Indonesian communist purge. Um, it took place over um, about seven to eight months. Wow. Uh, in 1965 to 1966, 
with the backing of the United States government, um, LBJ was the president of at the time uh, and its Western allies. The Indonesian military and right-wing paramilitary death squads massacred hundreds of thousands of leftists and those who believed to be tied to the Communist Party of Indonesia, the PKI. So if you hear me say PKI, I'm talking about the Communist Party of Indonesia. Oh, so the communists were killed. Yes. They didn't do the killing. They were killed. They were killed. If you were communist, it was a military coup. And so if you were, and they were leftists and communists. So if you were left wing, you were considered a communist. Anybody with purple hair, pronouns in their bio, they're out of here. Absolutely. Um, After a failed coup attempt, uh, was blamed on the uh, communists is what happened. Uh, And then uh, the... The military took over. Um, There was a military coup after that, and they took over. At least 400,000 to 500,000 people, um, perhaps as many as 3 million, were killed over a period of several months, with thousands more being uh, interred in prisons and concentration camps under extremely inhumane conditions for over a decade. Um, The violence culminated into the fall of President Suka. Sukarno, Sukarno. I'm sorry. I'm just like uh, Amber. I'm, I'm going to have a tough time with a couple of these names. Mm-hmm. And the commencement of Suharto's 30-year authoritarian reign. Uh, in 1965, the population of Indonesia was 100 million. So they killed roughly 3% of the population. Uh, the population today is over 270 million. There's a lot of people in Indonesia. Yeah. Um, the government was overthrown by the military. Uh, anyone who opposed the government... Uh, was accused of being a communist. Whether whether you were or not, you were just called one if you didn't like what they were doing. So the military one day was just like, we're rising up and we're going to take over the government. Yeah. Yeah. Terrifying. It's terrifying. Um, Union members, um, landless farmers, intellectuals, and ethnic Chinese were um, rounded up by um, the army, uh, paramilitaries, and uh, gangsters, like straight up gangsters. They're proud to be called gangsters. Uh, and it's in the paramilitary is basically like a militia. Um, and they carried out the killings. Um, a lot of these men, uh, are still in power. Really? To this day. So like no justice, they just killed a bunch of people and they are still doing okay. No justice at all. Walk the streets, brag about it. They're, um, that's terrifying. They are, um, they're hailed as local heroes. What? I yeah. just want to go get some bread in the morning. I don't want to run into a gangster. Mm-hmm. I want yeah. a peaceful life. Yeah, no, they're, you know, they, they committed these crimes against humanity. And some people are still scared that it's going to happen again. And other people are just like, you know, they, they're thought of as like great warriors, even though they killed women and children and oh tore them God. out of their homes and fucking slaughtered them. So the why, did, why did the government or sorry, why did the military go against the government? They just didn't like their policies? Yeah. And they they didn't want communism rule. Oh, because the government was communism and the military was like, fuck that, we're going to kill it. Yes. And uh, so uh, in the act of killing, uh, the movie I I watched again recently, uh, they follow uh, Anwar Congo. He was the head executioner uh, in his part of the Indonesia and his brood of awful men. Um, Anwar Congo, I'm going to talk about him specifically, but just know that there are... um, about 200 people just like Anwar Congo. Okay. But I'm just talking about him yeah. in particular. I mean, hate breeds more hate. Yes. It's a disease. And he's not like Anwar Congo is like, he's a gangster. 
He's not a, uh, he, he's the person who follows through with the killings. He's not the leader. He's not the, he wasn't, he wasn't the president. Uh, he wasn't part of the, the legislative branch. Uh, he's the guy that like puts the cloak on his head and holds up the ax for the executions. Exactly. They hired the, the local mafia to go through with the killings. My God. Yes. Um, you know, and so in the act of killing, it's very interesting uh, the way the movie is presented because the documentarian wanted to get the most accurate story out of these guys uh, and from an emotional point of view. And it, he, the only way he could convince them because they're very artistic and they love movies. They love American culture. They all lo- Everybody loves movies. Yes, they all love their big Elvis fans. Really? You know, like, yeah, they love American culture. They sing like... 60 songs in the street, the murderers. And like, they just like, and they seem like they act peaceful and they hug each other and they just like laugh and dance and all this shit. But if you say one thing against them, they'll slice, slice your throat. Yes. Um, in the past, you know, this is, uh, this isn't going on today. The genocide, I mean, it's not a great place, but the genocide isn't, is no longer happening. It only lasted a, a matter of months, but some of the people who weren't killed, uh, were in prison for, well over a decade. Um, so we watch these killers and they want to, they want them to uh, talk about the killings in the most accurate way possible. So like, what if you made a movie about your past of killing? And so and you they hired helped, actors and they, yeah. so, and the, but they portrayed the victims and the killers. Oh, so I bet that was like shell shock for them. It was. Did they break down crying? We'll get to it. Okay. And then, um, and so basically these killers like wrote a script and reenacted scenes of brutal murder, tearing, tearing women out of their houses uh, and stuff like that. And they made people act in these movies and it was very artistic and very flamboyant. It was very, it's, it's extremely interesting. Um, So we watched these killers reenact their brutal methods of genocide. Um, In one instance, there was a pen where they used to, where they kept people, uh, and they brought them back to the pen. And this is a place where they would beat the men uh, and women to death who were stuck in the, the the pen. And the guy, he's talking about it, and he said that we had to stop beating them to death because the pools of blood um, became so bountiful. Oh, uh, my God. And also being beaten to death yeah. is takes a long time. It takes a long time. I'm thinking like three to five minutes. At least, it depends on the instrument you use, I guess. Is, Especially yeah. if it's not a head trauma. Like if they go after your body, we're talking yeah. ribs broken, tibia broken. So the pens are overflowing with blood. It's a big mess. They don't know what to do. So one of them comes, Anwar comes up with the good idea of just starting to strangle all of them with wire. That way there's less blood and there it's easier to dispose of the bodies. Um, and so they, they, wouldn't, they didn't want to get dirty. Like literally, he's like, my pants were getting messed up. Like he's talking like that. Oh and my shit. god! And how would they like see if somebody was a communist? How would they know if someone pointed at someone and they said they were a communist? They would kill them. That's all it took. That's all it took. It was uh, it it was the blacklist uh, to the umph degree. I can kind of like we might think that's crazy, but I can kind of see that today. Of course, people point and be like, they weren't wearing their mask. I mean, yeah, you or know? much worse, you know, like yeah. different things, you know. So it's a, uh, yeah, you know, you didn't need proof. It was, it was, uh, it was crazy. Got to have court of law. And so uh, we watch Anwar um, reflect and um, mentions casually mentions. He's like, there must be many ghosts here. 
just like as he's standing uh, in that pen. And Anwar um, also says that he tries not to think of all the men that he killed uh, since he now, uh, so he now he has turned to, uh, to deal with it. He's turned to dancing, alcohol, weed, and ecstasy. Oh. This, is a, this is like a 70-year-old man. Doing ecstasy? Yeah. That's wild. And Just they, like at a rave. And they all dress extremely flamboyant. Like I'm talking like orange dresses, like big pineapple hats and like like fucking crazy, like pink cowboy hats. They like dressing like like what they think uh, exaggerated versions of Americans are. It is incredibly intense. They reminisce on their um on their love of killing. Uh they joke about how not all the people they killed were communists. One guy he remembered killing uh, because he was short and fat. So he just decided to kill him. And he he reminisces about it in a positive way. So Henry wouldn't last. No, this is not a good time for Henry. Um, (laughs) With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. And they, they reminisce about how much they loved killing and how happy it would make them. And uh, that they also mentioned how much they loved American culture and they worked at the cinema. And so under the communist regime, they weren't allowed to show American movies. And so, and they ended up in the gang, they're gangsters. Remember that Anwar is a gangster yeah, and he like sells scalp tickets to the movies, the cinema. And he knew that if there were American movies, he would make more money. And so he was more than happy to help uh, the commu- uh, get rid of the communists so he could start making more money showing American movies. Wow. So um, I'm sorry I'm like um, backtracking here. No. So was it communist and then became democratic? And they're like, anybody left over from communist regime, we're going to get you? Yes. Okay. Like they have the free, they have... Uh, they have the legislative, uh, the judicial, and the whatever the fuck the other one is. Satin. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm sorry that if I sound stupid occasionally, it's not my fault. I, I barely read. Um, <laughs> so uh, it, the the murderers they were obsessed with Elvis films, golfing, bowling, uh, the Beach Boys. Like they're like these are the things that they like love. There's and, a lot of when, people that like the Beach Boys that yes. aren't good. Like what, who's that guy with Charlie Manson? Charles Manson used to hang out with Dennis Wilson. <laughs> and uh, when, wouldn't it be nice if we genocided? <laughs> I mean, Dennis. One, one day they were like, "Hey, uh, Charlie, you're getting weird," <laughs> and they kicked him out of the social circle. Got to kick him out. Yeah, but then he became Charles Manson. Um, so like they're but like their lives were and are kind of great. They have lots of money um, because they used to take bribes. Now they talk about 
how all the murders they committed are giving them nightmares. And so they try and forget it by singing and making films. Uh, at one point in the film, Anwar Congo meets with a fellow executioner from his past. And when he meets him, he gets off a plane to c- come make the movie. And the guy who gets off, the, this guy's way more evil than Anwar. Um, and he gets off the shirt and he gets off the plane and he's wearing a shirt that says apathetic. The guy doesn't even speak English, but he has a T-shirt that just says the word apathetic on it. Does he know what it means? Is it I have like- no idea. It's not really mentioned. It's just something I noticed and it was bizarre. Wow. Like they don't speak English. I mean, if I wore like a shirt with like Thai language on it, or sorry, Indonesian language on it, excuse me. Um, I, it might be like, I suck dick for money. And I'm just like, look at the fun writing. Know what you're wearing. <laughs> no I'm pretty sure he did. Um they reminisce, um, the two of them, they're driving around town to all the places where they killed people. Um, uh, they reminisce on throwing bodies from a bridge and how beautiful they were, the way they fell. Um, they, they said it was like a dove shot out of the sky. So something. they're just killing people all day, every day. I mean, this yes. is like, for, I, for like eight months. I mean, yeah. How do you not have PTSD from that? They, and they, um, it, it was so, like I said, there was, they have no idea how many people they killed. They have no idea. And they have like random killings that stuck with them. And they go into those killings in detail. But it's crazy. Anwar um, confesses to his old friend that he has nightmares of the killing. Uh, His buddy tells him that his mind is weak and that they won and uh, the others lost. And uh, he should see a neurologist because his mind is weak. Like, that's a slap in the face yeah 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 and so and then they they talk to men uh we go they meet we meet a man who ran a newspaper back in the day and he helped spread the propaganda the journalist admits to interviewing people about being communists and whether they said they were or not he would change their answers and say they were and then they would be killed oh my god he would he would take bribes because he would just write whatever he wanted in the paper. And once he wrote it in the paper, it was true. And then that person would be killed. That's another thing about these regimes. There's a lot of propaganda leading up to it. Anytime there's like papers, they're like, this one group of people are bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Really watch out for that. Really, really watch out for that because they're about to get fucking genocided. It's just so amazing watching this movie, how flippantly they talk about the brutal genocide that they committed. And it's like I went to like I ate at Denny's. They show, like I ate a good chicken fried steak. I killed five people. Today. Honestly, they talk about it like I talk about going to Bonnaroo. You know, like it's the craziest thing. Um, it, and like all times, they would also kill their families um, if it was written in the paper. Occasionally, um, his reasoning was that uh, his it was his job as a newspaper man to do that. That was his answer. So he just took bribes and he just, so he's a murderer also. Yes. Does he consider himself that or he, he's just He fine? said, uh, no, because he never actually killed anyone himself. He's because, got blood on his hands though. Yes, he does. Um, the gangsters in charge of the killings would ask for bribes from people. And if they couldn't pay, they would kill them, even uh, whether they were communists or not. Because remember, these men are gangsters, not soldiers or anything like that. They're straight up fucking hoodlums. So they're like, give me 50 bucks today. Oh, you don't have it? Your whole family's dead. Yeah. Um, The Pancilla Youth um, is one of the paramilitary organizations that helped lead the killings. They are still active and have over 3 million members. Um, The killings are mostly not taught in Indonesian schools. Even in their own schools? Yeah, they're not. It's not taught. They don't. uh, I mean, frankly, I didn't know about this until I saw this movie. 
Wow. Um, it, it was uh, one of the craziest genocides this world has ever seen. And it's all kind of just swept under the rug. I mean, a few months and it's millions or hundreds of thousands. We can't tell the number. Yeah. That's a thing to talk about. Yeah. So, so it doesn't happen again because mm -hmm. the gangsters are still ruling. That's why they don't talk about it. That's right. And so, uh, spoiler alert for the end of the movie, uh, towards the end of the movie, th um, they show them uh, watching their own footage of you know him in the pen. Remember the, the pen the filled with pen. blood? The blood pen. Um, he watches it and he's like, oh, I'm not really convincing enough. I want to go back and tell the story more brutally. And then he does. And then when he goes there, he can't do it. And he starts like dry heaving, but it like looks like it literally looks like he's possessed by the devil and he's just dry heaving. And it seems it, it, it looks like his soul is leaving his body oh and he's like shaking God. and just, and he can't handle it. Um, yeah, you know, I can go on and on and on about these killings and I, I'm going to talk about them a little more, Please, but they were the most brutal. They would line up over a thousand people to a uh, to a river. They would bring them over to a bush, and they would cut off their genitals, and cut off their hands, and then cut off their heads, and then throw them in the river and grab the next guy. And they did it for over a thousand people in a day. And you time. can like see your neighbor getting that done to them, and all you can do is just sit there quietly until it's done to you. Yeah. Holy shit! Here's the thing: it's easy to kill. It's easy to kill. It's easy to destroy. What's hard to do is to build and grow. Try planting some yeah. seeds sometime. Or stand up for fucking people doing wrong. Yeah. it's That's really hard. Um, now, some of this uh, that I'm going to talk about now is like straight from Wikipedia, but you know, I'll just read it for you so you don't have to. Okay. Um, art, um, arrests and imprisonment. I'm, I'm done talking about the movie for now. Now I'm just going to talk about the actual genocide. Um, arrest and imprisonment continued for 10 years after the purge. Um, in 1977, Amnesty International reported suggested about 1 million PKA, um, PKI were, um, or in others identified or suspected of party involvement were detained. Um, between 1981 and 1990, the Indonesian government estimated that there were between 1.6 and 1.8 million former prisoners um, uh, still uh, in, in jail. They're still in jail? Yeah. Even though the genocide happened, you know, way back machine, they're oh, still 20 there. Only 20 years at that point. Yeah. You know, 25 years at that point. So, yeah, there, there was. And um, it's uh, it is possible that in the mid-1970s, uh, 100,000 were still imprisoned without trial. Um, it, was, it is thought that many of 1.5 million were imprisoned at one stage or another. Um, those PKI members not killed or imprisoned uh, went into hiding while others tried uh, to hide their past. Um, those arrested, including leading politicians, artists, writers, peasants, and soldiers. Um, those incarcerated in the vast network of prisons and concentration camps, which rivaled the worst camps of the USSR, faced extraordinarily inhumane conditions. Many did not survive the first period of detention, dying from malnutrition and beatings. These people are pro are not included in the big and the big numbers. And, the and, big numbers. Yes. and also dying from malnutrition. I mean, this goes for Cambodia. I'd rather get my head cut off. Yeah, because it's going to take about two weeks at least. At least. Yeah. Um, as people um, revealed the names of the underground communists, often under torture, um, the numbers in prison rose 
Um, methods of torture include severe beatings with makeshift materials like electric cable and large pieces of wood, um, breaking fingers, crushing toes, um, and feet under the legs of tables and chairs. They would like put your uh, foot under a, a, a chair, a chair leg and, uh, lift up the lift a table leg and then lift up the table and crush your foot. Get the fuck out. They would do it to people. They would do the same thing with people's throats. Um, they would literally make you happen watch it uh happen to your family members. i hate it oh my god i ugh. yeah oh because if it's under your throat it's gonna break your trachea it might snap your neck yeah. i mean honestly you'd probably live for another minute yeah until you run out of oxygen they pulled out, i'm sorry this is so brutal um they pulled out fingernails electric shocks um they burned people with molten rubber and cigarettes um, detainees were sometimes forced to watch and listen to other, um, to the torture of others, including relatives such as spouses and, or, and children. Um, both men and women were subjected to sexual violence while in detention, including rape and electric shocks to their genitals. Women in particular were subjected to brutal gendered violence, including being forced to ingest the urine of their captors and having, uh, their, um, genitals and breasts mutilated. I mean, it's just just kill people. Like, what are you doing torturing people like this? Like, it's, what do you what do you get off, man? It's so crazy. This it's, is crazy. Just kill them. Just, if you want to, like, if you have an idea, and I don't believe in this, but if you have some kind of idea and want a rule, just kill the people and don't don't break their trachea and make them drink urine and watch their children die. Yeah, no, it's um, you get nothing out of it. Yeah, if there's really you really get nothing out of it. These are psychopaths. This isn't even about money. Like, I mean, for the gangsters it was, but like for the people in charge, it was not. And like, where do they come from? Like, what, what is their, like, what makes you this kind of person? Power. People get hungry for power. And I think a lot of people um, believe that power from fear uh, lasts longer than power from love. Is it like the Stanford prison experiment? Because remember that? If you don't know, you know who's that, listening. You know that actually ended up being a bunch of bullshit. Really? Yeah. Like, that was all made up. There was a, I, I, cause I got obsessed with it for a little while yeah. after I saw the movie and I went and looked it up and it was all fucking, uh, debunked. And the guy, like the guy who like authored it was lying. Well, fuck me. Well, I just figured I'd let you know. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I could, I was very, cause I was like so interested by it. Cause it yeah. was, you know, but it was just, he was literally just trying to prove a point and then he didn't. And so he, um, said he did. Wow. I mean, people do get drunk with power. They yeah. do. I mean, it depends on like your character development. Like, do you enjoy watching torture? Does it start small and then lead to big or does it just, yeah. you just, I, 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 I don't, have an explanation for these men. Yeah. What they did. I can't wrap I, my mind. There like, is nothing. If I you I grow up. Yeah. I don't, I don't, sorry. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why you're doing this, man. Yeah. Even if like, cause you could be like, oh, it's poverty. I've met poor people that don't do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And uh, they would actually like, if you made it through this prison, a lot of people did end up getting released. Um, even though like the victims were like girls younger than 13 too. Uh, it were it was reported to Amnesty uh, International. Those released were often placed under house arrest and had to report to the military regularly, or were banned from government employment. Uh, employment as were their children. Now, check this out: um, the U.S. and British involvement. Um, despite a consensus at the highest levels of the U.S. and British governments that uh, it would be necessary to liquid liquidate uh, Sukarno, the old the guy who was. 
in charge before, um, as related in a CIA uh, memorandum from 1962, the existence of extensive contacts between anti-communist army officers and the U.S. military establishment um, trained over 1,200 of their officers, including senior military figures. Uh, so explain this to me again. I'm sorry, Eddie. So the people who took over were trained by us in 1962. Um, okay. Uh, and we provided weapons and economic assistance. Uh, the, CIA, the CIA denied active involvement in the killings. Uh, declassified U.S. documents in 2017 revealed that the U.S. government had detailed knowledge of the mass killings uh, from the beginning and were supportive of the actions of the Indonesian army because they were trying to uh, eliminate the Communist Party. Um, U.S. Uh, complicity in the killings, which included providing extensive lists of PKI officials to the Indonesian death squads. We gave them the names. Wow. Again, it's like trying to eliminate communism. You're just creating a bigger problem. Yeah. Yeah, we You're, gave them the names. Yeah, we gave them the names. We're bombing the jungles with people. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, we're directly involved in both of these instances that we're talking yes. about. Yes. I mean, I don't, I'll go on record and say I do not, I am not a communist, but I also don't want to bomb families in the jungle. No. I don't want to be doing this. I'm not a communist either, but at the same time, I'm anybody. not going to kill anyone because they have an opinion. Yes. No. U.S. complicity in the, uh, in the killings, which included providing the list of PKI officials to eat Indonesian death squads, uh, has previously been established by historians and journalists. The top CIA report from 1968 stated that the massacres rank as one of the worst mass murders of the 20th century, along with the Soviet purges of the 1930s, the Nazi mass murderers during the Second World War, and the Maoist bloodbath in the early 1950s. Uh, There's so much history we have no idea about. It's insane. Uh, like, And also, both you and I are just scratching the surface on both of these things. Oh, yeah. Um, current Indonesian president, uh, Susilo Bambang Yudhoy Ono's father-in-law, was a general who played a major part in the campaign to eradicate communism. The general himself eliminated the purge that killed um, arguably some two million people. The number changes um everywhere you read about it yeah because i imagine a lot of people don't have social security numbers they're not being so you just like kill is it yeah you kill share like woman number two or sharon she has a name she has a name and a history and a family that loves her um but she's not on record or on a book anywhere yeah so you can kill her and then she's just bye-bye so the current indonesian president is father orchestrated some a lot of the killings food for thought um, there is no happy ending again. To no my happy story. endings. There's no happy endings here. I'm These sorry, people did atrocities, guys, and they just fine. This goes against our show. Today's episode was a little too much, like last podcast. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, they're like fun talking about aliens and killers, and we're just kind of like they won. And uh, sorry, evil lives. Yeah, um, <laughs> be careful out there. You know, fight. Uh, you read about this shit, share it, uh, learn about what's going on in Sudan, learn about what's going on in Myanmar, Myanmar. Yeah. I wish I knew how to pronounce these oh things. I found so if you stupid see, sometimes. No, it's like, you're great, Eddie. If you see a certain group of people that are like, if the media is just like, they're all bad, then really watch out for that because yeah. something bad is going to happen. And if there's a lot of infighting, a lot of civil war, a lot of... You know, even arguing amongst people, a leader will arise that will decimate. Yeah. 
And uh, I know that this uh, episode has been terribly depressing. Oh my God. Trigger warning. All yeah. of it. Yeah, trigger warning at the end. At we, the we end? We give them the trigger warning after we <laughs> put them all through it. Yeah. I mean, we got killing dogs. Yeah. <laughs> we started with killing dogs. Oh yeah. Well, I got bit. Mm. Now I'm going to fight back. Zuko, you're going down. Oh my God. If you enjoyed this episode... I think that you would enjoy Amber's other podcast, The Someplace Underneath. Yes. Um, it is uh, part of the last podcast network. Uh, you can check it out on Spotify, soon to be available on all platforms. The show is crushing it. You guys are fucking sleuths. And I am a personal fan Thank of you, the show. Thank you, Eddie. So go check out that show. It's with Amber and the great Natalie Jean. Uh, Brighter Side Live on Twitch, the second Tuesday of every month, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. The next one is going to be on December 14th. Um, go to howamericakilledmymother.com to see my movie and stay depressed. Woo! Oh, my God, Amber. I had the worst fucking dream. What? I had this dream that I was showing the movie somewhere and my mom showed up and then and then she was just like oh yeah no i didn't die i've just been in uh virginia oh my god she's like uh, like betty and white just like all like matter of fact about it and like not like caring at all like at the fucking movie and then everyone like after the movie comes out and they see my mom they all start like calling me a fraud and a liar and all this shit. And it was the most intense fucking dream that's a stress dream i had I, such a bad i woke up just Fury. I woke up. I was up at six a.m. and just started my day. I was like, oh. I can't handle this. Are we, were you sober? Here's my question. Because when I'm sober, this my... was last night. You and me were drinking. Oh yeah, we drank a lot. Yes. <laughs> yep, we drank a lot. Um, watch the replay of the great mugshot roast. The benefit I did for the last prisoner project. Um, you can check that out on the last podcast network YouTube channel. It's the only video on there, so go follow that channel. Hopefully, some more cool stuff will be going to that YouTube channel. Um, you'll enjoy that also. Uh, Twitter at Eddie Tunes underscore at Amber Smelson at Last Podcast Network at Brighter Side LPN. Instagram Amber Smelson Eddie Tunes Last Podcast Network the Brighter Side LPN. Um, Amber. Tell the people about your Patreon. I'm Amber Smelson. I put a lot of cooking videos on there. And also I'm revamping my cooking show. And um, I'll put that on there first for just like any notes or feedback. That's a great idea. Yeah, you can like, you can honestly uh, join. It's $5 a month. And then just call me a cunt. You know, if that's what you want to do. Please don't do that to Amber. Um, <laughs> but but if you it's I, if you are going to do it, at least give her $5 a month. Um, Amber on the Rocks every Friday at 6 p.m. on Amber's uh, Twitch channel. That's Amber Smelson. Um, the sticker giveaway is still happening. Um, you can send us your self-addressed envelopes to uh, The Brighter Side, Care of LPN, P.O. Box 470, North Hollywood, California, 91603. Oh, or you can just DM me or Amber or the brighter side and we'll send you a sticker. Uh, if you send us an envelope, I'll give you two stickers. And if you just DM me, you only get one. How about that new fucking? Ooh, that's that a new, new rule. rule. New rules. New rules coming in. Um, check me out on Spotify. Uh, Ed Larson. I got all a bunch of killer playlists on there. You'll love. Uh, go follow those and uh, fucking stay cool. Um, also, the Eddie Tunes two-hour radio hour is flying high. Uh, you love it. It's my secret... It's my super secret uh, Google Drive show that I never talk about. It's so fun. Thank you so much, Amber. Um, so DM me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and I will send you the link. Uh, about once every two weeks, I sit down and send it to everyone who sent it to me. So be patient. If you haven't gotten it yet, it is coming. I promise you. 
Um, I wanted to give a big shout out to our editor, April. Um, she does such a great job. Keep up the good work. Thank you, April. You're, um, you're wonderful. Um, you, you know what? And I was trying to figure out like what song to play at the end of this. And so I, I'm saying that Taken House today uh, is a moment of silence uh, for the, uh, the slain in Cambodia, Indonesia, Myanmar, uh, Sudan, Ethiopia, Eritrea, anywhere else that's experienced tragedy or going through it. Um, it's, um, pain of the highest order. Um, be good to yourselves. Um, read the news, uh, do your own research. And also history is very muddled. Sometimes the person that say, oh, they won democratically. Maybe they didn't. Yeah. A lot of times, uh, yeah. Stories change from different places you read it. So don't just read one thing, uh, read a couple and, uh, you'll get the best information you have. But, uh, but now, um, a, a moment of silence for all the victims. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find?